This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to the program. Catch the Pulse this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on AMI-audio, and of course, 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. This week, Joeda speaks to Tim Martin of York University about the way documentaries cover homelessness and mental illness. This is in his Canadian Journal of Disability Studies article narrating the housing crisis, encountering madness, homelessness, and neoliberal neoliberal uh, logic uh, in these film-based narratives. That's The Pulse this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time right here on AMI-audio. The show is also available uh, as a video podcast uh, as well as on your favorite podcast platform. Kelly McDonald here with Rami Amuthan. Okay, Kels, we love keeping people posted on things to come up on AMI-tv, on AMI-audio, upcoming content or initiatives. So we're keeping you posted on Mondays. We're, we're locking this segment in. So we're meeting, meeting today Michelle Talker. She's an author and a storyteller. And we're going to talk about the departure train, which is something that she worked on. And this is an audio drama about a woman who dies and boards a train in the afterlife. Very mysterious. So, Michelle, welcome to Kelly and Company. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. I'm really looking forward to talking about the departure training. We have a whole bunch of questions on that. But before that, can we talk about you and writing? What do you enjoy writing? What have you uh, written that we may know about already? What's uh, going on there? Hmm. Well, I've written um, some books that are, most of my books are, are a mix of fiction and nonfiction, mm-hmm. although I've written a few fiction books as well. Um, but I really love writing between worlds and um, looking at per- personal experiences in this world and in the mythological sort of moving in between these two worlds. So one of the books that um, is fairly well known is a book called How to Ride a Dragon, which is uh, the stories of women who are dragon boating after breast cancer. And uh, they told their personal stories while they wove it with dragon mythology and looked at at their cancer from the point of view of an experience of meeting a dragon. So is it the characters that that you dive deeper into with these merging of two worlds, the weaving of, or is it the the world building itself? Yeah, it's, um, it's a little bit of both. It's the encounter with the mythological world or the, the, the imagined world. So I draw a lot on traditional mythology and folklore and fairy tales um, I'm really interested in the motifs that continue to move through the psyche of the human race and the ones that we encounter when we're dealing with different things in life that are challenging, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do we move through those things in life and how can the the mythological world, the imagined realm, help us to move through these things? Right. Like an amplified what-if scenario. 
but making it very imaginative. Yeah, yeah, that's, quite yeah, that's right. Because yeah. there's always that kind of, um, when you think about that mythological world or, or anything like that, we, we can find that that interesting similarity. Like I think about a dragon, and when you speak cancer, you know, we think of obviously battling that that beast, but what's a dragon, you know, and the, 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 the fire of it. There's so many little things that each person, aren't they going to kind of pick up on their own and where they're going to interpret it as well or or feel that connection in, in whatever way most um, is amplified to them. Yeah, that's right, Kelly. And it, and it was interesting in the book how all the different women um, really wrote their own dragon story, and some uh-huh. of them mythologized their dragon as um, a very dangerous um, beast, kind of like in the Western world, that's the way we've depicted the dragon. And and um, a number of the other women in the book saw their dragon more as an Eastern dragon, so mo- with a more of a beneficial role, bringing the mm. rain and bringing healing, and associated it with the dragon boating experience itself, which is a, a very healing experience. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating to me. Thank you for sharing uh, that example. And maybe we can move into the departure train because this is something that we're very much anticipating here on AMI-audio um, <laughs> as we you know, lead up and amp up to hearing it. But it, the story itself, as I mentioned, a, a bit of a synopsis, not really at the beginning, um, with some great characters and this mystery involved. So can you tell us a little more about what is the departure train? Okay, so it's a, it's a story about um, a woman named Audrey, as you were saying in the beginning, who um, dies at the age of 87, and she boards a train in the afterlife, and she's just given her daughters parting gifts. Um, she's given them what she's described as her best wish, and she doesn't know how that's going, what that's going to look like, but she is sure that it is going to there are these eggs, and she knows that these eggs are going to open for them. And so she gets on the train, and she's feeling all elated and, and and unshackled and free. And then the train proceeds, and I won't tell you all the details, but essentially she realizes that in order for her daughters to actually receive these gifts of love, um, she's going to have to meet some things in the afterlife on this mm. train journey. Wow. Michelle, I always find it fascinating when people, when you get your idea, I've done a little bit of writing um, for for plays and that, and just something I hear, something, oh, that's a conversation I might be eavesdropping on, or a song, or something I see on a TV show, or whatever, um, sometimes just doing something, oh, washing dishes, and hey, something happens that makes you start a seed of an idea, and it goes, can you tell us about what was going on, what when you first started to get this, it started to form and grew. Yes. Okay. Um, well, it came to me about six months after my mother had died, and um, I was uh, I was feeling kind of numb, and I was in that kind of aftermath grieving state. I really wasn't expecting to write a story about the you know a woman boarding a train in the afterlife. It really came to me. Um, in a quite a remarkable way because it was suddenly with me and I suddenly felt this 
illumination, and I needed to write it out. And I quickly wrote it uh, out, the, the, the bones of the story. And I, for the first time after my mom passed, I wept, and I, I felt my mother's blessing in this story. It was very real and present for me. And um, I, I rediscovered it a little while later, and then I wrote it out as a, as a full short story, not a long one, just a, a readable length. Um, and then I shared it with Nicole Ahrens, who's the director for The Departure Train, and she was the one who said, hey, do you think that this could be made into a play? Mm. Um, and there it went. It started wow. to mm. unfold. Can you mention, you said you wrote down quickly, and and I understand that feeling as well, because you're so afraid of an idea going away. But sometimes there's another reason that we suddenly got to put this down, got to put this down. Like you said, you put it down, and then you revisit and expand upon it. Was there that just that I don't want to, I don't want to forget? Or do we go back to some of that urgency and support from from your late mom? Or, Or what made you and do you feel get the idea and just put down what you're doing and start highlighting? Yeah, it really did feel like, and it, you know, this is my my felt experience of it. But it it did feel like like something that came from my mother because it was my mother was so in the story. Um, she was it, Audrey is reaching out to her daughters in this play, and my it felt that through Audrey, my mother was reaching out to me, and um, and giving me that feeling of being loved that was stronger than anything that I felt, frankly, in my life. It was a very, very powerful uh, feeling of movement and uh, joy and catharsis and grief and and um, mother love. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it came from that place for you, right? From the idea, from the place you were at, and then um, expanding and flourishing into this huge project with so much support and collaboration as well. Does the tone come through, like all these emotions you just mentioned, um, does that come through in the tale? Yes, it does. Yeah, and it has been um, expressed by people as being a cathartic experience because uh-huh, they go sure. through something on the journey. Right. And it because it's in our ears, it feels very much like um, you're getting on a train with her, you know, and you're taking the ride and going through her life and right. um, having these experiences with her. So you definitely go through a, uh, an experience with her. You mentioned Nicole a moment ago. Was the idea for this to get to become a, an audio drama as you wrote it? Was when did that first come to be? Yeah, well, in, in, in initially um, Nicole had envisioned it to be a stage play, and we did a reading at the Gladstone in 2018. We did a staged reading, and um, the actors brought a lot of themselves to it, but it was still a reading. Um, and we got a lot of feedback from people. And one of the things that was challenging was because this train is moving through all these periods of time, people need to know where they are in space and time. And so 
we realized after that that we really needed to write something that was a bit more sonically immersive so that people would know where they were without being without needing to be told they would know from the sound cues and what was going on in the scene exactly where in time they were so that was a great challenge and i wrote a sonically immersive script before covid so when covid happened we were kind of ready for it and excited mm-hmm. about going in this direction. Well, I mean, just in this conversation alone, I feel like we've touched on uh, so much to do with timing, right? The past and the present and the afterlife. And uh, and then, of course, the evolution of this short story becoming an audio play. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to the AMI-audio airing of The Departure Train as well. Well, thank you for having me, Rami. Yeah, that's, it's fairly been great to be here. Thank you. Hope to chat with you soon. Talk later. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. We were speaking about The Departure Train, written by Michelle Talker. And this is going to air Saturday, October 29th, two days before Halloween, and Sunday, October 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio. On the other side of the break, the second hour of Kelly and Company, Leanne Barda will be sharing fun, inclusive ways to enjoy Halloween this year. Also, Brenda McPhail of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association discusses the use and misuse of facial recognition technology. But up next, tune into nature at its finest at the Van Dusen Botanical Garden uh, in Vancouver. Community reporter Carrie Yipple brings the highlights to us. Stick around. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.